A lot of people have drowned under your command, is what you're saying. Most of the men under my command have drowned. Welcome to the Electronic Wireless Show. I'm Brendan. It is the 8th of December when you're listening to this, probably. I'm here now with Adam Smith. Hello. And Catherine Byrne. Hello. Catherine, you're the new person. Yeah. You're the latest addition to the Rock, Paper, Shotgun team. I'm indeed. Uh, Would you like to tell everyone listening... Who are you? Who am I? Oh, so that's a that's a that's a difficult question to Who ask. Who are you, and what are you doing here? So, um, as you may have, if if you if you uh, have seen the website recently, I've been flooding everything with lots of hardware reviews, uh, with monitors and freelancing out some some graphics cards and things like that. So I'll be, um, yeah, kind of doing lots lots more hardware things uh peripherals all sorts uh going forward so yeah be prepared for all the nice hardware chat keyboards keyboards yeah mechanical keyboards microphones headsets, microphones the lot you do mice's mice mice yep. straight no away. rodents, <laughs> no rodents <laughs> or sweet cans i'm just gonna keep saying things. pieces of yeah, yeah just things <laughs> Mugs. Mugs are not peripherals, Brendan. That's not Aren't a peripheral. There's always one by my computer. Yeah, but it's not plugged into you. It has to be attached, at least wirelessly. It's not. Get out. Do you want to know who I am? Mm, you don't, no. do you? You don't care? No. I'm the old one. I've been here forever. Like the uh, like Jack Nicholson. No, not Jack Nicholson. The other guy, the caretaker in The Shining, who's always been the caretaker at the Overlook Hotel. That's me, a ghost. Speaking of ghosts, have you do you actually have a segue there? Or <laughs> I was I was thinking like speaking of ghosts, what else do we not see very well? Do you know what else we don't see very well? As if they were translucent. The most overlooked games of twenty seventeen. So the answer is you didn't have a segue. I didn't have anything close to a segue. No. <laughs> so yeah, I guess what we mean by this is games that don't, didn't get as much attention as maybe they deserved. Mm. Uh, whether that means players playing them or reviewers saying they're good. And conversations about them. Yeah, yeah, people talking about them, your friends saying, oh yeah, I played that, it's great, uh, but not in that voice. <laughs> that is the voice of all my friends, it's, you got it just spot on. So, uh, so let, let, let's let start. Catherine, do you have any ideas for this, for for the, ba- the best, most overlooked game of 2017? Um, I mean... The I mean it it ended up being quite a, quite a success really. I was gonna kind of say, like, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice mm-hmm. has been, you know, I think. But then ev- everyone kind of, uh, you know, they they loved it. Oh, there's you know there was a big kind of hubbub when it came out, and then it actually as it turns out, it's actually been really successful. So maybe that's not a very good example. Um, it's an interesting one for me because I didn't know anything about it before it came out and I don't know how I missed it and it's probably on me but you know I spend a lot of time looking what's coming up and I just thought it was going to be a really boring Viking hack and slash game I had no idea there was anything else to it yeah well they they went really quiet on it for like ages and it kind of just they suddenly it suddenly came out of the blue um which I think you know didn't help in a way obviously there was a whole controversy over the 
does it delete your save file if you die too many times kind of thing that everyone got really angry about when it came out which i think helped it in a way um because mm. you know every, everyone was just discussing this outrageous concept of a game punishing you um in that way but yeah i think we should explain this maybe a little bit so <laughs> hellblade is the uh hellblade Senua's sacrifice is it's like a viking era game about a, a girl a Kel- i think she's celtic or something yeah yeah and she goes on a journey to go to hell to rescue her lover or something isn't that right isn't that it yeah to kind of bring him back from the dead um She's got she, he's got his head in a in a sack on her on her belt. It's a, it's a little bit um, oh what's that what's it called? Is it lollipop chainsaw or chainsaw chainsaw lollipop or whatever that was? It Suda Fifty One. Yeah. Where you had yeah. your boyfriend's head in a jar. Um, it's a little bit obviously not nearly as outrageous as that. No, that's um, it. It's, it. Much it, more serious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like the special thing was that she, you, you would hear voices, and if you're playing. The way the sound was done, you would hear voices quieter or louder in your in your head, basically. Yeah. And they would follow you the whole way through the game. Yeah, the sound design was really, really good. Um, I'm surprised that it's that you know it didn't it didn't get say best audio at the uh, Golden Joysticks really because yeah. it was yeah it was really outstanding, especially like with a with a you know playing it with a pair of headphones on. It just sort of yeah those those voices just do just sound like they're coming. Yeah. In your in your from from your brain, <laughs> and the save file thing was, I'm not sure if I'm getting this right, but the developer said that, or or the game itself says, if you die too many times, your save file will be deleted. Yeah, there's kind of there's a there's a warning um, before you start um, saying or implying something to that extent, and every time that you do die. Uh, there's a kind of curse, or the the the, the curse that Senua has, it it kind of grows up her arm, and every time you die, it kind of goes further up your arm, and then it's meant to be when it reaches your head, then you die, and that's game over, and everything's erased. As it turned out, I don't think that happened at all. Uh, even though it said, you know, that maybe it was just to put on a, an extra bit of pressure for players to kind of, you know. Make well, sure that they didn't just rush headlong into battle with evil. It also monsters. fits thematically because the voices are um, basically telling you to be afraid and telling you how worthless you are, and um, and you know that they're, they're lying to you. They're they're, they're in insecurity and anxiety, and I think post traumatic stress as well. There are all these uh, just negative voices, and. My feeling is is that that message at the beginning is an extension of those voices. It's telling you to be afraid of something. It's telling you that yeah. you can't trust um, your own um, progress in the game, and the game is going to betray you at some point. Um, and I mean, I didn't finish it, um, but I thought technically, like you say, the audio is just phenomenal. Uh, and I was slightly wary of it because uh, they were talking about, um, you know, how it's about somebody. Uh, suffering from uh, anxiety and mental health issues, and and I thought, oh god, and voices in your head is the most like um, uh, gamey or uh, silly kind of horror movie way to do that. But actually, um, it is just like overwhelmingly, um, like say, anxiety inducing in a way that I thought really worked. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the 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 the, the combat was perhaps maybe kind of. There could have been a little bit more to the combat. It was mm. kind of you settled into you know similar patterns very quickly when the the enemies just kind of they didn't necessarily get harder. There was just more of them to deal with. Um, but like yeah, visually as well, like some of the later levels, like there's a real I don't know whether you got this far, Adam. Like it was a real kind of hellscape that uh, no, no. <laughs> was it was was truly horrifying. Um, that kind of came maybe comes about must have been about two thirds of the way through. Um, that that was something else. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I I just yeah I was I was I really really enjoyed, you know, it's the way that it uh, you know presented itself and as I say the the whole sinuous story and and her her kind of 
mean, even just her her motion capture, like her face was so mm. convincing and just so like phenomenal. You know that that in itself was a was a kind of technical marvel. I think. Do we reckon it was sorely overlooked or just kind of? Uh... I, th- I think as much as anything else, it was it was overlooked by us. Uh, we did the, I, there was a, a lot of good writing about it, and we didn't really cover it very much because obviously there's so many games you can't cover all of them. Uh, and I think that a lot of those uh, interesting kind of critical conversations about it, uh, the stuff that Catherine's mentioned, whether it's the technical stuff, which was phenomenal, um, it does so many things so well technically. Uh, and then there was obviously the conversation about how it treated um, the the character. Um, uh, how it captured the period. Uh, there, there was so much to say about it. Um, I felt personally that a lot of people had already said this stuff incredibly well, and I was like, I don't really need to, you know, put my oar in because I didn't have um, much to add, really. Like, um, so, so you know, in that sense, it did go, and that's what happens sometimes. You know, you, a game looks really fascinating and it's doing interesting things, but you think, yeah, I don't need to add to this. Uh, yeah. pile of words content is not always king that's the thing <laughs> i feel like if i if i had written about it because i played a little bit as well but i gave up very quickly like within the first two hours or something it's um, not very long though is it or yeah. i think it's about maybe six to eight hours yeah. i think uh, if i if i had written anything about it it would have just been how annoyed i was by the combat like you say and the you know the the, the general things that you do, like the running through fires and stuff like that, uh, it kind of annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did, I did love like the sign design. I thought it was incredible, and I liked the man who showed up every once in a while and just started berating you. Yes, yeah. Um, this guy kind of feeds into the screen and just starts saying, "You did it, that's what he sounds like. <laughs> but yeah. It's good. It just reminds me of all my friends from Belfast. <laughs> Adam. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to stretch the definition of overlooked a little bit again. I think this is a combination. See if you say XCOM. No, of course I'm not going to say XCOM. Um, oh, wait, just let me check my notes. <laughs> uh, no, um, uh, this is a game that I think it came out early in the year, so I think it's getting uh, forgotten, which happens a lot. Because I think one of the things things get overlooked for is you know celebrations of great games at the end of the year um and mine stories untold um which was the um commercial extended version of um uh, the house, house abandoned, abandoned which was like yeah. a freeware text adventure but it's it's weird it's like a meta text adventure you're playing a text adventure in the game um i wrote about that when it first came out uh and then john reviewed stories untold and we both loved it um uh and it was quite a small release. Uh, uh, John McKellen, the guy who was the lead designer on it, had worked on Alien Isolation. Um, and he did a lot of the UI stuff in Alien Isolation, like the in-game UI. So like all those great old retro computers and uh, door locks and stuff that he used in that game. Uh, and with Stories Untold, it's four separate stories, all with their own type of interface. And... They're all very limited. You're usually just sitting at a machine and using the machine. And um, and they are just beautiful, beautiful things to tinker with and play with. And they just have these short stories around them, which are all kind of horror themed. It's the closest thing I think that a game's ever come to getting what I love about the Twilight Zone. Just this kind of, you know, episodic, disconnected, strange, weird tales. And I thought it was brilliant. Uh, and Devolver picked it up and published it but very shortly before it was released and it didn't get much of a marketing push. Uh, and I think it was mainly only people who played the freeware version that were really excited about it. And yeah. it does just seem to have got forgotten a little bit. I think that's that's a fair shout, yeah. I've only played the House Abandoned, the, the, the free one. Did you like it? One. Uh, I did like it. I, mm. I think it was marred for me a little bit because I played the very, very early, right. f- the earliest free version which had a, a a few like small bugs and like it, it hadn't been play tested very much yeah so the parser in the game because you play as like a, you play as someone playing an interactive fiction game uh, and the, the parser in that hadn't been 
it hadn't been figured out quite yeah, yeah. well yet. I remember that version. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I did I did really like it. I went back and played it after it had been fixed, and I loved it. Finished it. I loved uh, it. Have you played it, Catherine? No, I haven't. No, it's 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 one of those games that's on my that's on my list yeah. of uh, things to pick up at the end of the year when I've got some time to play play, play some more games. I, I think it's well worth it. I think I, I, as much as I like it, it makes me really excited to see what they do next as well. Uh, they're called No Code, the studio uh, based in Scotland, and um, and they're working on something new which uh, they've not revealed yet. Um, and I don't know what it is. I'm not being kind of like. Ooh, all secretive. Uh, but I know they are doing a follow up, and I presume it will be at least vaguely similar. I hope. I, I uh, when I spoke to them um, earlier this year, just before it came out, uh, they were saying they'd love to do kind of a super group one and get different writers to do different stories in it, and just keep releasing them as like new seasons. Mm. Uh, and I really would love them to do something like that. So just like an hour and a half, just these really neat little things. But instead of just being a story. Uh, they've all got their own unique interface. Like, so one of them, you're in an Arctic base and you're um, decoding messages that have been sent to you because something's happening, something bad's happening, and people are trying to explain it to you, but it's all coded, so you have to use this like decoding screen and unlock it all, and that just escalates. Uh, I mean, they all do. One of them, you're doing like surgery, um, but in a very strange way, and yeah, they're just really clever uh, and and very dark, but not like scary dark. Like the House of Bannon's probably the most straight up horror one. They're more like I say weird tales than proper horror. Yeah, I, I, I quite like the idea of uh, people rather than releasing, you know, kind of like a you know just kind of releasing individual things just kind of after the fact. There's something that Mercury Steam's done with um, Raiders of the Broken Planet. Mm. You know, they're just kind of releasing campaigns for you know ten quid each or whatever, kind of at you know three to four month periods or something. And you know, I, I quite like that idea. Just having, you know, you buy, buy, you know, a, ch- a chunk of game, and then it just kind of, you can dip in and out of stories, as and when you please, sort of thing. You don't have to necessarily buy the whole lot, or, um, yeah, you just kind of pick the ones that you fancy, really. Which I, I quite like. I quite like that idea. I think it's quite um, healthy for indies as well because um, the the kind of fear of spending four or five years of your life working on something. And then you release it and it not gets ignored, but doesn't get attention. And that's four or five years of your life. If you can regularly do smaller things, then there's more chance one of them gets spotted uh, and that you've not burned. I think as well, like I think there's an interesting thing happening at the moment with um, with short form narrative. Like um, there's loads of good examples of it recently, like Tacoma, Edith Finch. Uh, Edith Finch took six years to make or something, so it's not a great example of what I mean. But but, uh, but I think um, one of the problems with writing uh, and, and writers in games and narrative designers is that as with a screenplay on a big Hollywood film, they're often the least important person in the room because they do their scripts or they do their uh, storyboarding, they do whatever it is, they create the shape of it, and then it's up to everybody else to make that happen. And things will get chopped and changed, and um, there's very little control for the writer at that point because everyone else has to um, fit around the story. It has to be made to fit into whatever technical limitations about budgetary limitations and mechanical limitations. Uh, so the writer often gets relegated. They're there at the beginning, and then maybe they're at the end again to polish things up. But um, what that means is that uh, if you're a full-time writer, then you can spend years and years this game can be developed years and years. You're working, it was only maybe a few months, but then it's never seen. And I think it's really healthy to uh, be able to get narratives out and put them out into the world without having to attach 60 hours of AAA game around them, which I think just overshadows them eventually. So I think it's a good thing for writers. What else can we think of that has been overlooked? Well, you, you should proffer one, Brendy. Oh no! You didn't plan this, did you? You 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 just thought you could ask us, and I just thought you would give me loads. I I, I can, but <laughs> um, the only one I can think of is the one that I posted when I asked this question to our readers and listeners on Facebook and Twitter. I I put a picture of Absolver, which is the uh, martial arts fighting game set in a weird world where everybody wears masks. But again, I think. I think it was maybe overlooked because it was played, enjoyed in a lot of 
quarters and then just kind of forgotten and, th and thrown away. And I understand why that is because there was a lot of problems with it. It had some connection, like connectivity issues. Like there would be a lot of lag or people would get disconnected or people would not be able to fight properly to with other players. But but I I think it was a great game. It was it was fun to punch people and to be punched. <laughs> it had quite a complicated combat system from what I can recall of it. It was odd. It wasn't um simple going, you know, the same buttons mapped to the same things all the time. It was you, you had a what they called like a combat deck, which is basically you could go into a menu and customize what what punches and what kicks you did with certain moves. Right. And at the end of, you know, three different punches, your stance would switch. You had a little radial oh, thing okay, yeah. in, in the bottom of the screen and it would like revolve around like a little like like a little clock almost and uh if it was if it was you know if it was saying oh it's half past 12 you know oh i'm i'm punching people this way now yeah i just that that part of it was almost the the least interesting to me because it's uh it was a little technical it's very hard to actually understand whenever you play it like it took me probably like 15 hours to even get what this little wheel was doing and what how I was supposed to swap one, you know, how I was supposed to swap out a drop kick for a, you know, charging punch or whatever. Uh, but the world of it was really, really nice. You basically walked around this kind of. A lot of people compared it to Dark Souls because you're, everything was, you know, interconnected and it was like the areas would go from, you know, there would be multiple pathways from one way, one area to another going through different places. Like, a cool harbor would lead off to a, a big tower or a coliseum, and then the coliseum would also lead to two different places. But they were all really stunning to look at and gorgeous. And every so often you would just meet another player and they would come up to you and they would just deck you in the side of the head. And you'd be like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> Um, we could have, we could have, we could have been friends. We could have fought cooperatively. We could have joined forces and fought the computer or other players. But you, it's come to this, has it? It's come to this, and you'd raise your fists and say, "Okay, come on, I know who the body is here. I'm going to win this fight." And then you just get pummeled to death. You wrote a thing about the um, what was it? The that uh, the really rubbishy move, the slap, the slap. Oh yes, yeah, you the, can like there's... slap people. Yeah, this was a thing that was um, like bigged up and quite funny about the game generally and people who played it loved it but maybe people didn't really hear about it, it was there was a slap um and it does like the most minimal amount of damage in the game i think nothing else does less and people would start using it start trying to get a kill with it so like if for it to be their final blow <laughs> and Is it, it was better the... or worse than uh, the golden eye slappers only back on the n64 because that that, that that had a mode where you, yeah there, there were no guns it was just trying to vaguely slap people to death we well, see that that slap was was if was more like a karate chop wasn't it yes i suppose that's true yes. you, you you'd like your hand would go down i never understood why they called it a slap yeah it's, it is it's definitely like a push but it is pretty satisfying so i don't know yeah. the absolver one reminds me of the poke in worms Yes, that's what it was like. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, the really puny thing that you really shouldn't be able to kill anyone with because it just knocks them a very short distance. It doesn't even hurt them. But if they're right on the edge of a cliff, you can just walk up and poke them off. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, yeah, rubbing their face in it. It would be more satisfying than that and also harder because it would be harder to do. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're fighting another player because you really have to, like, get them right down to the last sliver, like... Like, a player has, I don't know what it is, like, say a player has 100 health, the slap's going to only do, like, 3 damage. Mm. So, I don't know if those are the exact numbers, but I just pulled them out of my backside. Uh, so that would be mine, I guess. I, I bet th there's definitely one other one there somewhere that I've forgotten about myself. Well, one that I want to talk about very quickly, probably, because I don't think anyone else will have played it, but uh, Get Even, remember that? Oh, yes. Yeah. Did you is play it? Is it like a first-person shooter or something? It, well, it isn't. It, it looks, looks like it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's. Did you play it, Catherine? I didn't play it, but I watched my partner play a lot of it uh, over his shoulder. And, and um, yeah, would... it was quite 
odd. It's very <laughs> odd. Yeah, it's because it it looks like it's going to be almost Counter Strike. Um, you know that you you're a special forces person and you have a gun and you're going into a hostage situation, and then it sort of turns into a full on horror game. Um, yeah. and then it becomes quite science fiction and has some stealth bits, and then it goes back to being a horror game again, and it's just. It's really odd, and uh, I didn't love it, but I'm really, really glad that it exists because I just think that um, it's just yeah, it's just so unusual. It was it was in the news briefly um, because uh, it was delayed the release um, because it was originally going to come out uh, the week that the uh, Manchester Arena bombing happened. Uh, if people remember that, which um, you know. Uh, was horrific, and I and I remember at the time thinking, you know, there are terrorist attacks all the time, and these things happen, and you know, it seems odd to delay a game because of that when so many other games have been released. And then when I actually played it, I was like, holy crap, yeah, this is far too close to the bone. Um, it's really disturbing some of it, and yeah, even though it's it's got this, like, say, science fiction, um horror stuff going on in it 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 feels quite real world um but through the lens of you know this kind of strange hallucinatory stuff but yeah i really like it I, I i think that it's a fascinating game um i i'd, I'd rather have 10 get evens a year which have loads of problems and i didn't adore than you know 10 things that i know exactly what they're going to be as soon as i play them uh it's it's a little bit janky uh, i think the narrative doesn't entirely work uh but it's not quite like anything else i've ever played it's got bits that are like other things but um but yeah it was genuinely surprising yeah it's, it's sort of one of those from what i saw um of of it being played it's, it's sort of those it's one of those sort of classic six or seven out of ten games that yeah 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 it's got like loads of problems but is that you know it did it does do some quite interesting things it has like some like nine out of ten moments and yeah it's really easy to think back on it and think, you know, it was a nine out of 10 because you're remembering those moments, but you're forgetting all the kind of more sloggy bits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at its best, I think it's really, really impressive. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's at its worst when it's being more of a shooter. Um, there's this thing you, early on, you get a thing called a corner gun uh, and it's a gun that can shoot around corners. And there's a whole section where you're using that, and I just didn't enjoy that at all. Uh, it's just very trial and error, lining up shots and trying to be stealthy, and um, and you're literally just invading a facility like these these well high security offices for a weapons manufacturer, and it's just like a really boring first person shooter. Uh, but in the background of that, there's all this interesting stuff going on, and like most of the game takes place in an asylum, which is a thing I've written about before. Uh, years ago when the first Outlast came out, how much I hate horror games set in asylums because just, you know, do something more interesting and less potentially offensive. Um, but this one gets away with it because it's doing it in... It's it's not a game about, um, you know, oh, dangerous psychos. It's, um, it's doing something very different with the idea. Is there anything else before we abandon this? One quick uh... shout. Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, okay. Um, in I've, I've sort of it's it's sort of quite a, I say quite a nerdy game, but the um Zero Escape nonary games came out uh, earlier this year, and it's 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 not really a new game as such. So whether it whether it counts, I don't really know. It does, but it's basically yeah, yeah. A, <laughs> it's a it's a compilation. So it's two two games in one, and they're both um they're both visual novels um made by Spike Chunsoft. And it's bizarre. It's a there's a quite a strange story because um, they they released the first two games. So there's nine 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 hours nine persons nine doors and Virtue's Last Reward. Um, they both originally came out on the DS and the 3DS, and then they kind of ported it to the Vita and sort of other other kind of console platforms. And then when the third one came out, Zero Time Dilemma, they released that on PC as well as everything else. Um, but there was no way to play the first and second game, which is kind of important in this particular series because it all, the story all kind of carries on uh, from one to the next. So they had this really weird, for a game, for a series about kind of 
time travel. It was quite ironic that they released the the last mm. one first and then went back and did the the first and second one. But as I say, the 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 they they've they've kind of bundled them together on 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 PC as Zero Escape the Nonary Games, just the first two. But they're really 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 good vision novels that have a really interesting story. What's going on in the story? I have never <laughs> I've never played any of these, but okay. I know that you like them so, and I want to know what's going on. Yeah. It's it's a little bit complicated, so I'll try and I'll try and keep it simple. <laughs> um so you basically wake up you, you you are one of in both games, you're one of nine people uh who wake up in this in this mysterious place and you're 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 kind of you're forced to take part in this in this game whereby in order to escape you have to uh solve these puzzle rooms and so you kind of you have to get split off into various groups within this nine this this sort of this this group of nine and in the second game you have to once you once you finish the pu- uh, the, the puzzle and solve solve the room uh vote to uh, ally or betray the uh, the other people in your group, so you, you're you're put into. <laughs> I told you it's going to be complicated. Um, <laughs> so is there like is the, what is making you do all this? Is it like a bad thing? I played I played the first hour of uh, the first one, uh, yes. or the, maybe the first two hours, and he, my very quick take on it is a man tried to make me do maths, and I couldn't do maths, and then someone <laughs> blew up. And that's, yeah. Yeah, but you have, you, it's like Suicide Squad kind of, they have like bombs attached to them. So if you don't yeah. solve the puzzles, you blow up. Yeah, so every, everyone's kind of got this, this watch on their wrist, which if they don't solve the puzzle or they go, you know, they go through the wrong door or they do anything wrong, that kind of injects them with a kind of lethal poison uh, and then they die. Um, oh, not a bomb. Or, Sorry. You're thinking of battle royale, think, think Adam. The, the the first one they 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 do explode. Oh okay, yeah, because because yeah, there's, there's a guy. The, the goes, second yeah. one, it's a, it's a poison. Right. Um, but it's essentially the same concept that you've got this kind of death device kind of on you at all times that you can't get off. Um, so you've got to play by the rules, otherwise you die. The the puzzle rooms themselves are just really well done. It's a little bit kind of point and click esque in that. You know, you're, you're standing in a fixed location. You kind of have to rotate around the room and find different items and combine them together to to make other other objects to kind of solve uh, you know other things. And some of them, I would say, are maybe a little bit too kind of you know e- even even sort of replaying some of them. It's like I just I can't remember how to do this. I'm going to need a walkthrough. Um, but they are really well done, and all the characters are a few of them suffer from that kind of classic. Oh Japan, you know, like why have you? Why is there a woman wearing a kind of you know belly dancer outfit in this, you know, it weird kind of uh, potentially kind of military facility of some description? You know, there's 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 some there, a few of the characters are, are a little bit outlandish in their design, but they they're all kind of have intelligent backstories kind of associated with them, and so it, even if their immediate outward appearance is a bit strange, they they do all have kind of none of them are kind of flimsy 2D kind of characters. They they all have kind of good backstories and all relate to each other in, in interesting ways as the story kind of unfolds. And do you feel like the whole series is generally ignored or just not, it didn't get the traction that it deserved? I think because it's just had such a kind of piecemeal release, especially on PC. Um, mm. I think maybe it's, I would say it's one of the better regarded visual novels, kind of alongside maybe like Danganronpa and things like that. If you know, if for people who are in who are into those games, so I think kind of so many visual novels are just kind of you know you click, you know you tap, you know tap X or you know click the mouse to kind of just advance loads and loads of text, and they're they're not really very interactive. That kind of notion of what visual novels are drags down the genre as a whole you know people maybe just dismiss visual novels out of hand but these these ones to say because they've got that puzzle element to them you know there's there's a real kind of nice meaty challenge in between the text in this one you know and and, and the text itself is, is really interesting and they they kind of pose interesting kind of philosophical problems that they manage to explain actually really well um for people who you know don't know anything about um 
I mean, Schrodinger's cat is like an obvious one. Most people know what Schrodinger's cat is, but, you know, they kind of go off on much kind of more difficult kind of um, problems that all relate to the puzzles that are being solved and the, the story threads that are being Is there a together. dead cat in a box at some point? Is that there what? isn't a dead cat in a box. Um, is there a cat that's both? Brendan. What? You've been too literal here. <laughs> Far too literal. I feel like if I if I ask too many questions, there'll be spoilers, so I'm not going to ask too many questions. But based on what little I've played of it, from what I understand, and all of this could be wrong because it feels like the kind of game that's that's lying to me a lot, <laughs> but I want to play more of um, Zero Escape. Uh, yeah. I just haven't had time to get through it. But, but I, I totally understand what you're saying about them releasing the third one first because it just annoyed me so much i was like why yeah. <laughs> are you giving me the third part of a narrative-based series i was really yeah. angry about it <laughs> all right I'm, I'm moving on i'm moving on do it no more of this <laughs> no more visual novel chat no more of this <laughs> let's stop talking about overlooked games for a minute and let's talk about games we are currently looking over see that works yeah that's a better segue <laughs> adam what have you been playing um I, I can't talk about the thing i've been playing yet no this is some embargoes but i have to play other things as well so a game that i completely missed uh is uh when it came out was mari nostrum which is by the people made quadriga um, which is a turn-based chariot racing game. Oh, yes. And I loved it, and I didn't realise the new one was out, but it is, and it's called Mary Nostrum, and it's about uh, ancient military sea battles, so like Roman era, uh, classical era uh, sea battles. And again, it's turn-based, and so if you think about you know ships in combat, these big old ships, they're very, very slow to manoeuvre, so, so the game's really about... Uh, planning the arc of your turning and uh, making sure that you are positioning yourself right based on where everyone else is going to be. So so a lot of it is not guesswork, educated guesswork. You're looking at the enemy fleet and trying to figure out what are they likely to do and then counteracting that. So you, you set all your ship's actions and then press play and it shows what you did and what they did in real time. And then things collide and sink and you go, oh no, this was terrible. I'm really bad and you know, you fail horribly. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really like it. I'm really sad that I missed the fact it was so soon because I remember they'd said they were working on it. But I think it's really good. It's very similar to Quadriga. I think if you enjoyed Quadriga, you'll probably enjoy this. I, I don't like it as much because I think that um, Quadriga is really interesting because who makes turn-based racing games? It's, it's just such a bizarre thing to create. And I just loved it for that. Whereas this is more just a tactical war game, really. But but uh, but yeah, it's really nice. I like it a lot. How many ships have been sunk? Like, how many of your sailors have gone down? The, a lot. It's a lot. It's many. Most. A lot of people have drowned under your command, is what you're saying. I mean, I don't know for sure. There's a lot of driftwood left behind for them to cling to. Uh, there's a possibility that no one's drowned. But it, I think it, I think it is most. <laughs> Most of the men under my command have drowned. And now you're making me think about it. I'm like, it's, this is like Roman armies. They're probably slaves as well, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, no. So I sent a lot of slaves. You've ruined it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you should go back to chariot racing. Yeah, well, I mean, that was pretty grim as well. They get dragged behind the chariots and die. And you whip each other and the horses die a lot in that. Nice. God, video games are horrible. They aren't are horrible, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, Zero Escape has people blowing up or being poisoned. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. that's the other thing that I forgot, which is probably a really obvious reference point, but the beginning of Zero Escape really reminds me of the Saw films. Uh, the bit when they're all talking about how they ended up there, and it's just like, yes, you know, someone yeah. snuck into their room with a gas mask on. and Yeah. Um, yeah Adam, I've moved on from this. I have moved I on. Played I played the make... jingle music and everything. I can't like, move on. It's, we're gone. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, but I just want to get away from all the people I've killed, you know? Okay. Catherine, what have you been playing this week? Don't say the Zero Escape games. It's, no, it's definitely not Zero Escape. No, I've actually been, I finally got around to playing What Remains of Edith Finch. Oh, um, very late to the party on that, but it's. I really enjoyed it. I thought it. Was, I thought it was excellent. Um, I really enjoyed kind of the whole 
you know, walking around the house and just, just seeing the density of stuff in that place, you know, it's sort of, there's so much stuff to look at. And obviously, you know, you, you get things like, you know, book stacks repeated. So everyone has about 10 copies of whatever, you know. They've got lots of re- cookery books. Yeah, lots of cookery books. They've got, or they've all got 20 copies of, of how to cook, you know, cakes or whatever. But... My favourite room for books is the grandmother's room. Yeah, because um, she has lots of very good books. I want to steal her library. <laughs> well, she's also also got those bird cages with all like all of their you know the memorials to all of her sort of dead budgies, and yeah. I just I I found it hilarious that you know they were all called like Derpy, Burpy, <laughs> Lurpy, and like what 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 are these names? Who names their birds? These these things. It's just <laughs> very strange. Um, but yeah, I, I re- as I say, I re- really just enjoyed just walk, you know, the the, the physical act of, of walking around it and having, you know, listening to the story. But I also thought that the, you know, I'm sure that this has all really been said before, but the individual uh, sections where you're reliving moments from other family members, I thought, you know, they they were really well done. Just kind of the whole, they managed to cram in so many different genres in there. Mm-hmm. Um, without it feeling out of place in a way that you know they all had they're all relevant in their own way um and it didn't really feel like they were shoehorned in at all um and yeah you know that just that obviously provided a little bit of extra kind of you know to break up break up all the story stuff but yeah i just found the 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 place of the finch house itself just a really interesting space to explore and poke around in yeah, we've we've mentioned Edith Finch a, a fair amount on the podcast over different weeks, but we've never really spoken about it in depth because I think it's kind of hard to to talk about a game that changes its direction so many times mm-hmm. so quickly. Yeah, and also the best thing about it is going in not knowing what is happening. Yes, exactly. Yes. So if you, we could tell you a whole bunch of stuff, but it wouldn't make a whole. It wouldn't make a lot of sense. No, and it'd spoil the surprise. Yeah. Yeah, and the best yeah. way to experience it is just to go in and play, and suddenly realize. We will now spoil a large portion of Edith Finch for approximately six minutes. Please skip ahead if you do not want to hear that. Somebody did shout at me. Um, because I'd recommend they play it and I hadn't seen them for like a few months and I ran into them again and they were really angry that I'd recommended it to them. Um, why? And I think it's it's one of my favourite games ever. Um, uh, because Wait, Why were they angry? Because of, uh, and I don't want to spoil it, but because of the flashback with the infant. Uh, oh, they were yes. just like, no, I did not want to experience that and were really quite upset with me uh, for not warning them about it. And I can see that. It is very grim. It's weird because I think the game's a lot funnier than people give it credit for. I think it's got a very good dark sense of humour. I think it's got a pretty dark sense of humour. Yeah, I do, yeah. yeah. But it but it is also very bleak. I mean, it is a game about death, but I think I think a lot of what it's about is is the different ways that people come to terms with death. And um the there's there's part of the overarching narrative which is about how we try to explain death and how we try to understand it and how we try to kind of accommodate the idea that people are just gone. Um, I don't, I don't think, I don't know if it's ever said in the game, like the word die, mm. like they died or he died or she died or anything is ever said in the game. And yet it is full of people dying. Yeah. I mean, that's they it. Just, they just about... talk about death in a completely different way. It's like a game about the last moments of people's lives. And, um, yeah, and, and, but I think that, like, say, they, they, it's actually, I mean, for me, I think it's, it's, uh, it's going to be different for everyone, but I, I found it quite reassuring in some ways. Um, I know that Alice was saying last week, uh, not on the podcast, just, uh, in conversation, she was saying that, uh, she finds it really horrifying because it's all about memorializing people. And she was like, when, when I die, I want everyone to just forget me and not talk about me <laughs> and just leave me alone. And I think, I think I, I understand what, what she means, I think, is that when you're gone, people can choose to define you however they, they feel that you were. So they, they, they take control of you uh, and they decide how to remember you. Um, and I think with Edith Finch, one of the things I really like about it is that 
it doesn't say that death is this awful ending. There, there are sad moments in it. There are tragic moments in it. But I think the whole thing is that, that the house is a kind of monument to, to memories. Uh, and there is a warmth to it, even though it is very sad. I think there is a real warmth to it. In in a way, it's it's strange in that, you know, you, you go through all of these rooms and, yeah, there there is like a little shrine to each person mm. within those rooms, which on its own is a little bit weird. It's sort of like, you know, I can understand or, you know, we generally think or, you know, seeing films and TV, you know, people leaving rooms as they were, but sort of each one, obviously, you know, obviously you've kind of got to make it or construct it in such a way that you know it, those those kind of sections where you do relive those moments you know you have to read a document or do something within that room so you kind of you do have to have a place where that happens but yeah it is it is strange just how many things are you know yeah have these kind of like little little shrines that you find you know not not just for the people either say like the, all the pets and stuff that <laughs> kind of keep cropping up as well and it's like where did they come from and or you know they're just so this it kind of in a way it sort of reflects just how much junk is in that house like mm-hmm. amongst all this junk there is all you know there are also lots and lots of memorials to people that have passed through this you know passed through these walls in a way which just i don't really know what that says about whether they're just now part of the furniture or you know whether there is sort of something still, indiv- you know, you kind of unique and individual about them. Just it's sort of almost sometimes difficult to find them in amongst all the the kind of the sheer amounts of kind of clutter that there is in that house. I'm going to be really careful uh, about spoiling things here, but there's also um, this uh, bigger idea of history because um, the Finch family are immigrants. Uh, and that you know you you find the story of the relocation as well, and it's done in a very magical realist way. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it's, it, there's this really beautiful idea that the the whole thing is that people mythologize themselves, and they um, and the house itself is mythologized, and uh, and there's some beautiful visual stuff with that. But like, it's never clear how much of it you're supposed to take at face value. And how much of it is uh, essentially uh, this incredibly localized familial folklore um, mm. that that has been constructed um, to to give meaning to to life and death, um, and I, I think that's for me a lot of it was about that. Like um, it's about trying to attach meaning to things, and because some of the deaths are just so meaningless, they feel like you know um, just uh, arbitrary. Um, yeah. And I think that, yeah, that's one of the things that it does really well, I think, is it says that when terrible things happen and we can't, un- there's no logic for them. It doesn't seem like there's uh, any justice to it. Then uh, then one of the ways we deal with that is by making stories about it and trying to accommodate it in a way that isn't so frightening. It's quite good. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's pretty good. Edith Finch, yeah. play the game let's go back to overlooked games because our readers have suggested some and i'm gonna see if you guys agree with these or not uh and you can shout at them and tell our (laughs) readers that they're wrong if you want or you can say well done good good looking I don't mean well done, good looking, as in I'm calling our readers good looking. I'm sure they are. They have I done meant, good I they looking. looked well, yeah. Ilian <laughs> um, Gaspar says, Shadow Tactics Blades of the Shogun. That was last year. Yeah. All oh, right, came okay. Out late, it came out late December 2016. That's why it's been over. Oh, okay. That's, <laughs> yeah. I don't that's know totally if that, that doesn't count. That well, I, but it, I think in general, it probably is a bit of an overlooked game. I know it got a lot of good attention. We gave it a really good review. Um, uh, but I think as a whole, that genre, it kind of fits into that um, tactical puzzly genre that com- the old Commandos games were. Um, yeah, it's very good. Yeah, it's great. It's really good. A couple of people saying Prey. Yeah, I think that's... I, I was yeah. going to mention it. I, think, I, it's, I don't think people um, knew quite what to do with Prey. 
uh, like critically uh, and commercially. I know what to do with prayer critically. Throw it in a bin. You didn't like it, did you? No. No. Um, but I understand why people might say it's overlooked because I think it did get quickly, quickly dealt with. You know, it was yeah. like f- from our end, it was kind of like reviewed, played a little bit, and then just kind of thrown away the next week. You know. Yeah, yeah. It didn't seem to leave much of a mark, did it? Which is, I think, a shame. I didn't love it either, but but I I admire it. I guess, uh, and I can totally understand the people who do love it. Uh, what else is there? Hollow Knight. Got a couple of people saying Hollow Knight, Lucas Shields, and Alexander Olbrich. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name here. They both say Hollow Knight, uh, which is the Metroidvania cartoony Metroidvania where you play a little skeleton of a beetle, I think. Yeah, that's right. I, I like that a lot, but I didn't have time to play much of it. And everyone I know who's played it loves it. Um, Except possibly for John, who I don't think enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. Um, it my... is, is it overlooked though? I, I feel like it's it's had enough, or it's it's been one of those indie games that has had a lot of exposure in a way. Or you know, I've I've seen a lot of people talking about it and playing it. And yeah, I haven't played it myself, but um, I feel like I don't know. Has it? Has it? Has it had the exposure it deserves, or you know? I, I more, think it probably has. So. It's certainly got a lot more exposure than most games of that size. Um, I, I I wonder if these readers of ours are directing that at us because we <laughs> probably did overlook it. Um, I've got a lot of people saying Link, uh, which isn't a game. It's just um, that they think that the uh, question I asked on Facebook is uh, <laughs> is me forgetting to post the link to a post where the podcast is. <laughs> Um, they're not secretly talking about Breath of the Wild mods I hope not (laughs) Uh, someone Mike Reynolds says Doki Doki Literature Club yeah which we did write about Um, Catherine's probably more equipped to talk about that because we're back in I haven't actually played it to be honest I haven't actually I haven't haven't, yeah I've, I've yet to Yet to yet to play that one, but I've, so I've it, seen it. It a lot is of people... by definition overlooked there because you haven't looked yes, at it. Yes, I haven't looked at it at all. No, definitely not. But I've I've heard sort of some people bounce off it, or yeah, like some same. some people love it, and then other people I've seen have have really bounced off it and just kind of, nope, that's that's too weird for me, or it's I don't know. I'm sort of of two minds as to whether it's something that I will like. I've sort of seen some people say it's quite. Is it is it a horror game? I don't really know. It's it's, it's it's a bit like Get Even. Not not many people know or seem to be able just to just neatly describe it. In it's sort of about you know lots of different genres at once. Steed also says uh, Jack Holland's Space Plan. Oh, which uh, I didn't play, but the, I know it. The yeah. best clicker of all. <laughs> it's a clicker game where you are. Um, I think you're in control of a potato-powered satellite that's going around the solar system. Uh, or the Earth, I can't remember which. Um, but I played it, it's very fun. It's very funny. And it's also a clicker that you can finish within, you know, a good, like, a, you know, within a day. <laughs> if you just leave it running, I think maybe five hours or something, you can you can see everything that there is there. I absolutely uh, do not understand the appeal of those games at all. That That entire clicker thing i don't get it um i think it just it just gets into your brain and wants you to click things but but the clicker games that i like aren't like uh what's that one on on steam that that alec plays adventure capitalist Uh, adventure capitalist yeah like that i don't really get that one um but i think a, a good clicker game is just a game that's funny and is absurd like uh candy box or cookie clicker or in this case, space plan is a very good example because it it's ridiculous. You're basically using potatoes to power your computer, and your computer speaks to you uh, and tells you you need more potatoes. And it has a very fun ending as well. I'll try it. I'm gonna try it because I wanna I wanna find one that makes me understand it a little bit. There was another clicker game came that came out recently. What was it? Was they want to do with cows or something? Oh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I assume it'd just be called cow clicker. Paper clips. 
Oh, the that paper was another clips one. one, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was oh, good. Oh, the paper clips one, yeah. It was very good. Paper clips is about being an AI who's in control of a paper clip factory, and you slowly expand your reach uh, through all these clicking, these like uh, traditional clicking mechanics to to take over the world basically <laughs> and just be the only thing left when when people because like with the paperclip one i remember you know people talking about it i'm like i feel like i've kind of heard the gag and i don't need to sit and click to yeah. to get that i mean yeah. that, that's fine like if you're if you if you get enough from the gag and you, you don't really need to sit and you don't want to spend your time like constantly going back to a tab in your in your web browser and and updating things that's fine uh, there is a lot. Is of... it fine? Is it fine? It's fine, <laughs> but you know it's probably more healthier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no. But instead, I'm just clicking on tiny footballers, pretend <laughs> footballers. So I'm not. I'm not trying to act superior here. Like, I'm making very bad use of my time. See, I just Sorry like the that. the little bits of text and like the jokes because you get like some good writing in paper clips where they're talking about drones that you can purchase that will keep the population pacified and buying more paper clips <laughs> and stuff like that it's worded in a very uh, like comical way um and like at any point you can also just like i think i i probably played for a couple of hours and then i just like turned it off because it was like oh, i'm not getting the jokes at a good enough rate anymore right, right. so bye bye to this i think that's why i like space plan because it was quite it was quite fair in how it dulled out its its humor. You know, it, it didn't. There weren't too many gaps where you were actually just waiting for a number to tick up. So yeah, space plan's a good shout. There's nothing else I want to say. You're done. You've looked at everything now. <laughs> Christo Radkov says Elex, but I don't believe him. The, those they have such a big following though. Like people do genuinely love those games. Um, I say those games uh, as if. Bad, bad games. <laughs> well, um, it's a bit like a get even, isn't it? It's, it's another one of those kind of like slightly shonky games that you know it's got really high production values, but no one really liked a huge amount, or at least kind of you know it didn't do very well critically. I don't think. No, no, um, no. But but whereas get even feels like it didn't do much critically because a lot of people didn't look at it. Elex feels like a lot of people looked at it and said, nah. I don't know. I'd 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 maybe put them in the in the same camp. I think like I don't know. But but those 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 sorts of games when they do get a bit of a mixed reception, it's it's harder to kind of convince yourself to take a punt on it in a way. It's like oh, but sh- shall I shall I play it? Shall I not? I don't. I may maybe not. Or you know, it's 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 one of those classic games that you wait for to become cheap in a sale. Yeah. And then and then you play it. Um. So maybe not many people have played it now i think for me the one of the big differences is i i don't really care how cheap it is i want to wait until it's like five hours long instead of 60 hours long and then maybe i'll give it a shot but the idea of playing something that is you know just not that appealing and that you probably because i i spoke to someone about elex who who was trying to tell me that it was good and they're like, you know, oh yeah, but it gets really good after the first twelve hours, and I'm just like, well, go, no. go away, no, go away. I hate that excuse. It's like yeah. Final Fantasy Thirteen. It gets oh. really good after the first fifty oh hours. Oh my god, I remember that. Oh, I, 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 that drove me mad. <laughs> okay, all right, that's it. This is over. <laughs> this is End over. of conversation. Yeah. Um. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to suggest a theme or ask some questions to ask some questions to us, uh, send some questions to us. You can do that podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, if you want to look at us on Twitter or Facebook, we are at rockpapershot on both of those things. You can review us on iTunes and all the other things. We are going to go because we have games to look at that we haven't looked at before. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.
Okay. Oh, that's the postman. He loves the postman. Charlie. Charlie. Come here.